welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, and we welcome in for Pro Football Network lead analyst Dalton Miller. First appearance on the show. What's up, Dalton? How are you? Fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I've been reading this offseason, your camp previews, your power rankings. I think you may have ranked tight ends mixed in there. And so I feel like you're the perfect guy to come on the show and not talk about vaccinations. Wouldn't even dream of it. (laughs) Wouldn't even dream of talking about vaccinations. I mean, so I'm trying to like, I'm trying to be like the sun coming up the next week after this just miserable storm for Vikings fans last week. And uh, Cousins is back at practice for now. And I promised more or less, like if he's back at practice, then we'll wait till there's any other problems to have to discuss it too much at length again. So here's my idea for you. You like to rank stuff. You like to put stuff in tiers. I want to go through some Vikings stuff. And you can give me either your snap one through 32 ranking, or you could give me just like a tier, whatever you feel more comfortable with. I think it's funnier if you say like 17th at the top of your head, but you can do this any way you like. So I feel like we should start in the most obvious place. Like where do you rank the Vikings in power rankings as you are here now after, I know you did this as a pre-camp, but after what are we calling it? Like room size gate or what, you know, whatever it is for Kirk cousins. You muted yourself, by the way. I don't know how I muted myself, but I did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, with the, the Minnesota Vikings, I really actually kind of enjoyed what they did in the off season. I think they did a lot to really, Try to help that defense, especially the defensive interior. When, when I went through and I was doing all of my research before the year last year, I was looking at all the rosters and I, I looked at the depth chart of the Minnesota Vikings for their interior defensive line. And the only guy I recognized was Hercules Mata'afa. And the only reason I knew who Hercules was is because he was a 250-pound defensive tackle. So <laughs> yes. uh, that's, that's the only reason why I knew him. But I, I really like what they did there. Um Obviously, things with the secondary at times at cornerback haven't worked out, which is weird because Mike Zimmer has been such a big cornerback guy over the years. At the end of the day, I think they're a, a mid-tier team. I think they're they're you know right on the doorstep of being a playoff team. Uh, I had them at number fourteen um, in my most recent uh, power rankings that actually came out uh, two days ago, and so I had them there for that. And, and I've really kind of looked at that team and I've liked more and more as I've gone along and and really done the research into these teams. And that I think is why Mike Zimmer was so upset last week when his quarterback could not practice because after the first practice of the year and he saw this group together on the field, he was I mean, this is one of the happiest press conferences I've seen Mike Zimmer give. He normally is, you know, kind of curmudgeon and not actually smiling and sort of joking around. And then all of a sudden, like, that'll teach you to ever be too excited because Vikingsness is coming around the corner. But uh, I think when you look at position by position on the defense, and if you say everyone here is going to stay healthy, then you have the potential to be a very good defense, which maybe we should rank specifically Mike Zimmer's defense. And and we'll get into some fun ones, I promise, but we'll talk about just, you know, the basic ones first Mike Zimmer's defense. And I'm just going to give you the contingency that they are healthy for the entire season. 
where would you rank? Uh, I would rank them at probably around mid of pack again, or somewhere around 15. Uh, I, I think that, you know, they can go, you know, probably, you know, get up near the, the top 10. And it really, for me, comes down to what it, what kind of Patrick Peterson are you going to get mm-hmm. opposite of Cam Dantzler, who it's funny that Cam Dantzler fell into the third round and then ended up having a really good rookie season because he was a little bit slow at the combine. Everybody freaked out about it, and that's the only reason he lasted that long because his play in college was fantastic. Uh, you know, w- with Patrick Peterson coming in, it- it's going to be really interesting to see how he ends up working out for the Vikings. But I-, I think that if he plays half decent, if he gets it back just a little, which we don't normally see with corners, um, but we've seen guys, you know, you know, Xavier Rhodes was was really, really good, even as he was getting towards the, the tail end of his career, you know, in Minnesota. So I, I think that if he, if he plays well, they can be a right about a top 10 defense, especially with Don, Donna Hunter coming back. I mean, that dude is an absolute freak when it comes to rushing the passer. And if you get him healthy for a whole year, you're going to be in business. And, and your point about Xavier Rhodes, when he went to Indianapolis and they sort of simplified things for him, made him more of his own corner, I think – I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I'm not trying to watch camp and drop the X's and O's and <laughs> try to figure out how they're yeah. going to play because that that never works with Zimmer. He tries a bunch of stuff in training camp and then usually plays his defense. But I think that his plan is to use Patrick Peterson a little more in like his own corner because Peterson mm-hmm. sort of slipped up a little bit and told us that uh, earlier in training camp where he was talking about um, not having to turn around and, and run with people as much. And I think that that sort of point to it but when you're looking at uh, the interior of the defensive line I think it's a very interesting question of like is it the right strategy to put 700 pounds of human in the middle in the year 2021 and I mean teams still run a lot on first down but if teams are going to run play action or pass on first down out of the shotgun and Michael Pierce is out there along with Delvin Tomlinson and Daniil Hunter is the only pass rusher you have, like Daniil Hunter can get 15 sacks, but how many can the rest of everyone get? I think it is kind of, kind of a question. No, it, it, I mean, it's absolutely a question and it, it's tough because you, don't really have a ton when it comes to the pass rush. You hope that you get a little bit from Patrick Jones, who is going to be a rookie. Um, you also have Janarius Robinson, who's going to be a rookie. Uh, but outside of Donnell Hunter, you, you really truly do not have a lot when it comes to rushing the passer. My thing with this is you have one of the best coverage linebackers in the entire NFL. And honestly, one of the best linebackers in the mm-hmm. NFL and Eric Kendricks. Um, and, and so for me, it, it comes down to, the chicken or the egg is it the pass rush that helps out the secondary is it the secondary that helps out the pass rush because i think you know with harrison smith who is obviously still a fantastic safety one of the best in the league xavier woods is not as bad as cowboys fans will will want to tell you he is you know you're going to get better play than you probably expect to from xavier woods um and then i don't know what's happening with cameron bynum in camp but he's another dark horse for me he had really really good tape at cal for four years so that'll be an interesting one to look at as well i I think that even though the pass rush outside of hunter doesn't look great i think that they can do enough and with those two beefy dudes in the middle i think they can compress the pocket enough to affect quarterbacks which at the end of the day more than sacks is what you want
Yeah. And I think that you make a good point that it all sort of circles back to Patrick Peterson, that if he is any version of Patrick Peterson, your coverage unit is going to be pretty strong and they have depth with Rashad Breland, Cameron Dantzler, and it's just coming down to, can you get good play out of him? And will Mike Zimmer um, maybe limit what he's asking him? Or will Mike Zimmer be like, ah, a legendary corner. I've had one of these before. Lock down the number one receiver every week. Yeah. And then I think then I think you can get into trouble. I don't think he's going to do that. But I could also see sort of Zimmer going Zimmer. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to have all these new ideas. And like, no, I'm playing my defense. Um, okay, let me throw in some some fun ones. Uh, where do you rank the Vikings uniforms in the NFL? Ooh, the Vikings uniforms. Uh, I don't think they're particularly good or bad, to be honest. I mean, I kind of like the purple. I, I think, you know, again, and, and I hate to sound like a broken record here, but they're somewhere around the middle tier. They're somewhere <laughs> around, you know, no, it's, too, it's to, too perfect for a team that keeps finishing like 10 and seven, 12 or seven, to 16. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just a perfect Kirk cousins, you know, type <laughs> of, of, of thing here. And, you know, when the bright lights come on, it might not be as good, but you know, when you're going up against the worst teams, you're the, the mid pack teams, you can compete uh, with the uniforms. I, I don't think they're good or, or bad, you know, from a, a design, standpoint but i will say the purple is fantastic I, I think it's a great color the purple the helmet i think when they play and i know the offensive linemen hate this but when they play in the all whites on the road i think it's a good look for them um yes. purple the purple people eater style purple i think was better the the way old school than what they have right now um, and the ones that they had during the Christian Ponder and Brett Favre uh, era was not good where they had the little like yellow collar that, that yeah. was not, that was not a good, no. look, not a good look at all. Uh, who would you have as your top three for uniforms in the NFL? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, the, the chargers, if you're going to put the powder blues gotta be up there, they're unbelievable. They're the best Jersey in NFL history, really. Um, man, outside of that, the all black Baltimore Ravens jerseys. Oh, you like that one? Okay. Are, are are pretty nice as well. And then outside of that, I I don't know how many jerseys I really truly love. Um, the Saints have some good color combinations. I'm trying to think of like the color rush uniforms too, but like just normal uniforms. It, it's kind of like the Raiders are, are a classic. Yep, Raiders uh, are my Dol- number one. Yep, the Dolphins are are pretty classic as well. Um, the 49ers, especially like when they wear the '90s jerseys, are mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um. And then, you know, America's team, Dallas Cowboys, they have some pretty nice jerseys. You have well. to give it to them. You have to give it to them. And, and the, uh, the Steelers as well. I think my top three yes. is probably Raiders number one, 49ers number two, and then Steelers number three. Um, it's not, it, not bad, yeah. It's, it's, just too, it's just too classic. It's the all-time classic logo. And then right behind them, probably Dallas. Uh, I might have the Vikings, like, pressing top ten on this. But there's like a, as often in the NFL, there's like a middle group that's pretty strong yeah. there of like, oh yeah, I could give or take all of those. And then there's like the very back end, um, which is just Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the very, pretty much. And, well, yeah. and the Titans, like what, come on. What, what, what the Titans, the Titans color scheme is fantastic. I don't know why they keep screwing their jerseys up. You hate to see it. That's what, that's what it is. Uh, Okay. Rank Kirk cousins, not by just overall Kirk cousins, because I think I have a general idea of where every person would put Kirk cousins rank Kirk cousins by 
if you were drafting all quarterbacks to win you a game for week 18 to make the playoffs? Oh, uh, that changes it. Um, because I think I'm probably higher on Kirk Cousins than most people. I, I think he's right at the, like the top 10 of quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's really, really good. Now, when the lights come on and it's prime time sometimes, I mean, you, you can look at the splits. They, they exist. And so for that, I'm going to, I'm going to take him down to like 15 or 16, probably. And plus, I mean, you have so many incredible young talents that are coming up as well. Uh, the, the Justin Herberts and, and guys like that, that, you know, you kind of like, oh, well, if it's one game and you're going to try to game plan against somebody, those guys can do more athletically than Kirk Cousins can. If he gets into a pinch and has to create out of structure, which is something that Kirk Cousins is, is not fantastic at. Yeah, I, I think that uh, top 10 for Kirk in the fringe top 10 is right. It's just that when you're as expensive as he is and when you have the sort of fatal flaws that he has, yeah. that's where it all kind of comes back to why haven't you gotten over this hump since Kirk Cousins has been here? Well, I was just looking at the team yesterday thinking about how much money they spent on the defense, but then I kind of went back and I'm like, well, you know, they really had to get guys who were not necessarily coming off good seasons though. And mm -hmm. I'm looking at the offensive line where they drafted a third round pick to start. And then the guys on the third team. So now they're moving a sixth round guy who is a tackle now to guard. And you're going, Oh, this is what it means to have a $30 million quarterback. And if you were able to afford Joe Tooney instead, because he was making you know, $4 million on a rookie contract, this would be a very different conversation about where this team is at. But I know of one NFL team that I was told that did not go after Kirk Cousins specifically because of this reason, because of the, if we need him to win a big game, we don't really trust him. When he was coming out as a free agent, that their organization scouting department all looked at him and said, mm, that's the thing we're worried about paying him is can he can he win that big game, which sounds like I'm John Madden or something. Right. I mean, it's, it, right? It, it, it does, it? but, but that's the thing, like us in media, we, we, we look at things and, and analysts, we look at things from the vacuum that we can see it. In. It's, is this guy good on the field? Do we like his tape? Yes. But when you're an organization character and, and leadership and how they appear in those big games, all of those things matter. What the guy eats matters as much as we don't want it to justin fields being vegan probably hurt his draft stock it just probably did that it's the way that we are it's so it we have preconceived notions or we have you know narratives that are based off of what we've seen in the past and we've seen guys like tony gonzalez not produce as well after going vegan and losing weight so these are all things that teams take into account that we couldn't care less about but actually do matter I want my quarterback eating some meat. <laughs> Me, some... Eat a steak on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> kind of football player ain't consuming a cow. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Uh, but uh, so this, it, it, that's what it, why I, I like to ask about this, like sort of, do you believe in the Kirk isn't clutch thing? And I, I don't necessarily believe that, uh, there are too many players who just collapse and fall apart. And we've seen good clutch Kirk moments from here and there, like against the New Orleans Saints in the playoff game. And, and it's not the only time he's ever done it. But um, I think what it is, I think what you touched on is the actual explanation 
for Kirk Clutch, which is a lot of those late game situations. Like think, let's think about the guys who are all time great at this. Like Joe Montana was great out of structure. John Elway was great out of structure. Patrick Mahomes great out of structure. Like a lot of mm-hmm. times at the end of games and against great teams, you're getting a lot of uh, defensive lines who are great. They're coming after you. You have to sort of make something happen. The other team has good coverage more likely than not. You've got to make tight window throws usually requires guts and arm strength. And Kirk, when he winds up can make very accurate throws, I'm sure as you've seen, but yeah. and anything off of that platform, it just doesn't have any juice on it. And I think that it's more of a physical tools issue than necessarily the guy is, is just like not wired correctly in his brain. 100%. And the other thing with, you know, primetime games is primetime games, playoff games, obviously, they're usually against better teams. They're, they're good competition. And so you're going to lose more of those games than you win. Everybody talks about, oh, well, yeah, they can beat the bad teams, but what's their record, you know, such quarterback against winning teams? Well, most quarterbacks have losing records against winning teams. That's kind of the way that the NFL works. It's really hard to win in the NFL. Tom Brady is about the only person that actually has a winning record against winning teams. It's just the way that it is. So when we look at this, obviously a guy is going to have close to a 500 record or lower against winning teams. And they're going to win about 60% or more of the games against losing teams, because that's the way that the NFL works. And and people just, you know, they, they look at it in the, the lens of fandom where they don't go outside of their team bubble. And they're like, oh, my quarterback can't do this. Well, yeah, the other 31 quarterbacks in the NFL can't either. Right. The, with Kirk, though, three the years. Physical, right. The physical limitations yeah. are, are for sure there. And right. when you get into pressure, you have to be able to make those throws off your back foot. And, and because of his physical limitations, he, he can't do it. He also has three years here as a Viking with good teams around him. Even last yeah. year, most of the season, it's a good team. Um, the defense gets hurt if kind of falls apart at the end, but, uh, you had Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Delvin cook healthy the whole season. And in three years, he has three regular season wins against winning teams. And two of them were nine and seven. So at that point, it's sort of going like, I totally agree with your point. And yet at the same time, you have to beat more of those teams when you get paid like that in order to justify the contract, which so far he hasn't done. And then starts this camp with, Okay, let's not even get into that part. Uh, yeah. well, let, let, let's let's do th- let's do this instead. Let's say you, Dalton Miller, you're quarterback, and you've got a final drive, and you you're the guy out there. Let's say at uh, Cowboy Stadium, and you can pick any receiver to lean on in your final drive. Where's Justin Jefferson rank? Ooh. In any final drive. See, the final drive thing is important here because in a final drive, I got to go the entire field. I'm probably on a time clock. I need guys that can make big plays. He's probably close to top five. And and I say that, and and people are going to be like, well, of course he's top five. He, you know, had 1,400 yards last year. And and something that's very important to point out, nobody has ever had 1,400 plus yards on 125 or less targets. Nobody has ever done that. Mm-hmm. That's him. And it's because he averaged 15 plus yards per catch. He was unbelievably efficient. And feel free comes... to throw it to him more, by the way. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> 100%. He should get thrown to him more. And, and we've seen that in this offense with Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen has been the guy until last year, even though, I mean, looking at it from a 30,000 foot view, I always thought Stefan Diggs was the better player. And 
the kind of proved that last year when he went mm-hmm. over to Buffalo and became the guy. So I, it was surprising that Justin Jefferson did kind of become the guy, even with Adam Thielen there. But I'm taking him, you know, close to the top five because he can make those big plays and those big plays come because when he is playing against off coverage and he was fantastic against press too last year, which is something that we had questions about coming out of LSU because Mm -hmm. he just didn't face press often. But with him, that secondary release, that rocker step that he has against soft coverage, nobody's staying with him. Nobody in the NFL can because it's such a smooth move. He's able to keep so much momentum in and out of his transitions. And because of that rocker step, the kind of more mimics a, a Euro step in basketball. It's a legitimately crazy rocker step, how East and West he gets with it. And then he's able to break off 360 degrees off of that. So he creates such good separation at that second level that I'm taking him in my top five because I'm going to need to make big plays going down the field, and he can do that. I want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. If you have not seen it yet, you've got to check it out. A couple of my favorite designs are the Duck Duck Gray Duck and the Randy Moss Goat, which you've got to see. Uh, all their apparel is screen-printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. By the way, use Promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's SodaStick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I love that you bring up his release because that certainly matters in any clutch situation. But uh, I also did a story last year. I talked to his high school wide receivers coach because he went to a high school with a wide receivers coach and um, broke down like his, his get offs and his uh, releases off the line of scrimmage. And that was one thing where it's um, maybe we talked about this either right before we went on or at the beginning, but like, you just can't tell with, draft picks. And when a guy plays in the slot a bunch, you don't know how's he going to get off the line of scrimmage. And then he comes out against the Titans. He does that rocker step, blows somebody away down the sideline. Like, okay, I guess he can. (laughs) So sometimes you have to prove it. But the, the, for me with Jefferson, it's where's the weakness I can't really find one. Uh, His also his, his mentality is that of a superstar as in, I want the football all the time. This is not a guy who wants to disappear. Um, He was as big of a superstar in in the state of uh, New Orleans as the state, the state of Louisiana, because of what he did at LSU. Um, And so he comes here with that same mentality from the very start. I'm going to be a superstar. He has a great contested catch rate. He gets open off the line of scrimmage. He has strong hands and, and, and doesn't drop football is like, where is the weakness of Justin Jefferson? And he could also break tackles. And that's the other thing yeah. too, that you need on a final drive is okay. Well, they're going to drop everybody back. Can I throw something short and have a guy break a tackle? I mean, aside from him, you're talking Diggs, Devonte Adams, Julio Jones. There aren't that many more guys that you would want to throw the football to in that situation. 
Yeah, I, I would say I would have DeAndre Hopkins up there as well. Um, and then DK Metcalf and mm-hmm. AJ Brown are two other guys, especially, dude, I'll tell you what, I, I was not a huge fan of AJ Brown coming out, but what he's done at the NFL level has been super impressive. And, and his ability after the catch is unbelievable. And if he gets the the targets this year, he'll he'll explode as, as one of those superstars. And, and I love where the NFL is at with kind of, the older group of receivers going out and this group of young receivers coming in is, is pretty unbelievable. Okay. I got two more for you. Uh, Do it. Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields are potentially on the Viking schedule. Uh, also Aaron Rodgers came back. So this is our sort of things that changed the schedule for the Vikings. I want you to tell me where Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Aaron Rodgers end up ranking this year among all quarterbacks? Oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be top two this year. Um, he, As he has does, a chip yes. on it. He has a chip. And listen, he had a couple down years. And then the, the team made him mad. And when he gets mad, he gets that chip on his shoulder and he goes off. And that's what we saw last year. He's the pettiest person in professional sports I think I've ever seen in my life. And it works out for them. And, and a lot of people talk about, you know, the, the them having distractions, but this was all going on last year too. And not enough people are talking about him blowing up and this team going 13 and three with all of these distractions. He's going to be unbelievable. Where do, you, um, where do you put his man bun as a fellow man bun? Oh, he is. He, he, he's you like, got it? like this. He's got this like Adrian Brody look going on right now <laughs> where like, cause he's not like a super, uh, like objectively as a guy, I have no issue talking about like good looking men or anything. There's two it, dudes you know, talking about whether Aaron Rodgers is hot. Exactly. What and do he's, here? he's, he's not the best looking dude in the world. And, and with the glad, like, especially when he went to uh, the, not the Preakness, but the, the Kentucky Derby, it looked like he was there to arrest Tom Brady. <laughs> he looked like Adrian Brody was playing a detective <laughs> and was there to arrest Tom Brady. Um, but you know, for me, the, the man bun, I kind of just do it uh, because the wife likes it. Um, and it's really hot in Texas in the summer and it's easier for me to just put it up and put it back because I golf a lot too. Oh. And when I'm golfing in Texas and I have my hair done, mm. you know, all the product gets in your eye and everything, and you just don't have to deal with that. So I'm glad I asked. Up, I'm going to cut it in the fall. <laughs> okay. The other part of this was Justin Fields and Trey Lance. If you didn't forget, I, I didn't know you were scientific no, about the man, bud. but you have to do oh, whatever, yes. whatever the wife says about your appearance, just do it. This is free marriage 100%. advice. Just do it. 100%. Don't ask questions. She knows better than you. She's got to look at you. Trey Lance is in an unbelievable situation. Um, he, he's coming from an offensive scheme at, at North Dakota State, and it was two years ago when he actually played. He only played one game last year. Um, but heavy personnel usage, just like, you know, San Francisco likes to use a lot of motion pre-snap, play action heavy, bootleg stuff. And he's got the weapons. He's got the offensive line. He's in a great great spot to be the potential rookie of the year this year if he plays enough games um I, I think that he can play you know close to a top 10 quarterback as a rookie if he himself kind of puts it all together at the nfl level justin fields is in a worse situation that offensive line in, in chicago is not very good they have Allen robinson darnell mooney who are good but i think a rookie 
really needs a good offensive line. Tevin Jenkins has not been healthy yet as well, which makes him, you know, early in the season, maybe not being healthy. And we don't know how much Justin Fields is going to play either. Apparently he's wowing in camp right now. Um, But I I would take things slower if I were Chicago than San Francisco, even though in San Francisco, they have a winning team and that situation gets cloudy because what do you do with Jimmy G and, and, and Trey Lance, if they go out and they win, you know, six out of the first, eight games with Jimmy G it's it's tough to sit him um so they're in a tough spot in San Francisco with that Chicago they're they're not going to be a winning football team they just they don't have the the fight in them right now they don't have the roster um so you'll probably see Justin Fields and it, it's going to be tough to stop him just because you don't normally see 6'2 230 pounds running a 4'4 um especially with an arm like he has so uh it, that'll be fun to contest with for the next 10 years are you saying that drafting offensive linemen to start is a bit of a risky move? I'm just throwing that out there, Vikings. Uh, drafting Tevin Jenkins, hey, we're going to start you. And I think they're trying to start him in left tackle. And even though he played right tackle, yeah. like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely risky. And and listen, I love the move to, to try to address the offensive line. I think that you need to do that. I thought that the Jets uh, doing that and getting AVT was huge, but they, they already had their tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like for the Vikings with, with Christian Darisol, like I thought being able to move down and get him was the best value in the entire first round. I don't know how he's doing in, in camp right now. He's um, not doing but, anything in camp right now. Cause he's been that's, hurt. That's so, right. Yes, he's still hurt. That's, yeah. That, that's where the snark that, comes yeah. from is just like drafting offensive linemen. I'm not against that. It's just when you say, Oh, we'll just draft a guy to plug this hole. And that's where you're taking your life in your hands. Yeah. An offensive line gets hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, last question. Let's do it. Rank how cursed the Vikings are among NFL franchises. Where do they rank Ooh. among the all-cursed team Ooh. of NFL franchises? I mean, the, the Lions got to be at the top. The, the Lions are at the top. Um, the Jets have had a really tough go of it. Um, again, some of their own doing. Any team that, you know, hires Adam Gase after what happened in Miami. You're, <laughs> yeah deserving uh the cowboys have a legitimate curse they have the curse of jimmy johnson um so that's a big one i'm trying to think who else has a a curse there uh the chargers are fairly cursed oh yes yes. the chargers (laughs) are fairly cursed I, i would say the vikings are kind of up there with with the cowboys um yeah i think that's about it but like they they won listen they won that playoff game on the final throw that should have never, ever happened. So yes, they're cursed, but I don't think they're cursed. Like, you know what? I say that they're below the Cowboys. The Cowboys are more cursed. No, than they are. come on. But it's with, with, I mean, with, still, with all the Super Bowls, like you, can't top- call, you can't call them more cursed than the Vikings. Matthew, mm. I'm 28 years old. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I have not seen the Dallas Cowboys do anything in my lifetime that I actually remember. So we'd have to categorize that like recent cursed last 20 years, historic to make four Super Bowls and win none of them for the Vikings. You did not mention the Buffalo Bills. That's where I grew up in Buffalo. That's another one. That's a a wide right field goal. So you just went from one to another. One to the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I went went from uh, Music City Miracle to Gary Anderson in 98 missing wide left to I think the Vikings are probably a top three up there with the Chargers. And I would agree with the Lions. I think that the Vikings. The Lions are the most cursed team in the NFL. I think the Vikings fate is much better than the Lions because the Lions, you can't 
can't even make the playoffs, man. No, like <laughs> and, can't and even you have can't the playoff your, meltdowns. You can't keep your stars either. They, they've had two of the greatest of all time retire before, right at 30 years old. Right. <laughs> yep. And I mean, and the Vikings from, from cursed perspective, you have like Teddy Bridgewater going down with the most random non-contact injury. You oh, miss boy, a 20, man. you miss a 27 yard field goal. You, you know, just, you have Adrian right, Peterson yeah. have his thing right sort of at the peak of his powers and have to miss yeah. a full season. Like there's a, a lot of things, a roof collapsed and that's where, yeah. you know, the Vikings belong. Toward but the how magical was that year after he came back off a torn ACL and had 2000 plus yards? It was unbelievable. It was, it was. Yeah. And right out of, out of the curse. This is the whole thing, right? It's like out of, out of the darkness comes the sun. And that was, yeah. uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater coming back. I was in the stadium for that when he came back. So that was, that was really, uh, really something. Uh, Dalton Miller, you could read his work at pro football network. You've got a lot of great um, team training camp previews that you, that you posted that are still, I think, relevant and good. You've got power rankings. You've got uh, all the stuff you you do. Like why, why I like your work is you do just, I, you do fun stuff. I miss, I miss all 22. Oh so yeah, 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 yeah. It'll, it'll miss, be back. It'll be back. Everybody's freaking really? out. It'll be back. I mean, I'm freaking out. I think I, it I'm absolutely freaking out. It, it it's really tough because I mean, first of all, I was in the scouting academy, so that made things difficult. So we actually yeah. had to had to pause the scouting academy for now. But oh, really? Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, paused it. That we're I'm going to go back in the next spring um, and finish up. But no, I mean it, it's tough because like we count on coaches film to do our job properly. I'm I'm writing yeah. about taylor heineke right now and it's like i i can't even go back and watch his coach's tape old uh, friend against, against the bucks and yeah yeah old friend yeah taylor heineke yeah taylor heineke almost beat case keenum in the 2017 battle for the vikings backup quarterback maybe it would have been him throwing the he's minneapolis kind of, miracle he's kind of fun he's fun he'll get hurt i he that's 100 yeah 100 gonna get hurt and with the way that he plays it's even more of a sure thing that he gets hurt because he doesn't care about getting hit well i'm uh no he doesn't and that's some part of the problem <laughs> the and yeah. if you haven't run across if you want to work into your analysis he also had to miss time from kicking a glass door once so if you want to look that up at some point. I will. Yeah, that was I good. Absolutely will. Uh, so Dalton Miller, before I let you go, let me give you our Twitter handle. It is Dalton B. Miller on Twitter. So um, great stuff, man. This was really fun. I hope you get your all 22 back soon. And I, I do as well. I mean, at least by week one, so we can go back and watch the yes. tape of the game. That would be problematic for me if we can't do that. Uh, but stay patient, stay strong. And um, we'll do this again, man. This was really fun. Absolutely. Anytime.